Another huge <clears throat> award for my guys at Muscle Meds. Their carnivore RTDs got RTD of the year at Generation Iron. I told you guys these RTDs are killer. Roger that. Carnivore RTDs are loaded with 40 grams of beef protein isolate without any fat, sugar, or lactose. These are a must-have for every single workout, guys. Exactly. Plus, they are slamming. You guys got to get on these RTDs. Carnivore RTDs are the way to go. Real show. Here we go. Real show. Here we go. You know that it's got to be that time. So this is what we chant. What keeps on getting them all amped in advance. You were not rocking out with Iron Man FE. You get the general's point of view on top of Roger's rants. Whenever it's happening out, we're putting the most minutes in you. Already know what that's about. You know that winners win. Crush whatever's on task. Check the podcast. It's the champ in the trip. Let the ball blast. What's up? Our apologizes, uh, apologies. <laughs> with your new Spencer uh, had a little bit of technical difficulty, but we got it under wrap. Thank you for coming on the show. I've known Spencer probably since 2008. We were talking about it the other day. I actually got to see you in Toronto this past weekend. Um, yeah, you could turn your phone the other way if that's easier too. Well, it's me. It's me balancing it on my lap as right. I'm talking to you. Perfect. Perfect. Um, yeah. But I've known Spencer, yeah, since 2008. Uh, he's been to many, many UFC fights. He's a uh, new actor. I don't know if it's new, but he's been an actor on a cu- couple television shows. Um, he is a, a motivational speaker, spoke to many different people. Uh, you know, um, obviously George St. Pierre's buddy. Uh, I've seen some other guys he's talked to. But, yeah, you know, uh, thanks for coming, joining us, joining my buddy Roger. I know you guys have been talking a little bit on uh, uh, through text and, and getting to know each other. So, uh Thanks for having. Thanks for thanks for coming on, my man. It is really your first day with your new mouth. You get <laughs> it is. You make me nervous, Spencer. You make me nervous. <laughs> you get inducted. You get inducted into the UFC two days ago, and you haven't been able to do anything proper since. Exactly. Um, but uh, but no, it's uh, it's my pleasure to be here with you guys. Always make time for you, and um, you know, uh, as Frankie said, we've known each other since two thousand and eight. So it's going back. A long, long time now, and so it's my pleasure to be here. Awesome, awesome. So uh, Frankie linked us up, Spence. Obviously, we chatted a little bit. Uh, my first experience uh, chatting with Spencer was hanging up on him. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I've got yes. somebody's got my number out there that loves to call me from block numbers and just say random weird shit and. I don't answer it. He gets dick pics, too, from that number also. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. I do answer those. (laughs) I take those. But uh, you called me from some random number, and you were just like, hey, what's up, man? And I thought it was that dude again. I just go click. (laughs) So sorry about that, Spence. He was waiting for a dick Uh, pic, really. If you you started with the dick pic, you would have got him. You would have got his heart. Not too late. (laughs) I just just thought you didn't like handicapped people right from the jump, (laughs) which is ironic because they can't jump. (laughs) <laughs> yes, yes, um, but honestly, uh, yeah, yeah, that was pretty funny. I, I texted you right after that, and you I'm did. like, you hung up on me, you motherfucker. <laughs> you did. Sorry about that. That won't happen again. <laughs> it better not. Uh, um, but uh, first thing uh, that I want to say, though, is being at uh, UFC 297 this past weekend in Toronto for the first time, 
since it, the UFC was here five and a half years ago prior to the pandemic and to see the reaction that Frankie got uh, when they announced him being the first member into this year's class of the UFC Hall of Fame at the as part of International Fight Week. Um, you know, that is an amazing thing. Uh, I'm sure you guys have talked about it a bit already, uh, but to be his friend since 2008 and to see the evolution of him as a fighter and as an individual, you know, I felt like a, an extra proud friend sitting octagon side on Saturday. And I think that's one of the few times I've actually seen him tear up. Uh, and, uh, and so well-deserved. Uh, I've said this to you many, many times, regardless of the fact that you're my friend, uh, but I truly believe that you are responsible uh, for one of the greatest combat sports trilogies of all time with Gray Maynard, along with the longevity of your career and everything that you did, including the stuff with BJ, uh, where I still laugh because I, I said to Frankie, I was like, Frankie, uh, when he was uh, on UFC uh, 118, I believe it was, that was the same card that Dana White, who says he's not a fan of gimmick fights, put a gimmick fight on that card because it was James Tony versus Randy Couture in one of the most lopsided MMA fights I've ever seen in my life. Uh, James Tony looked more handicapped than I did when the first bell went. Yeah. You can't you can't take away from James Tony that he was a great boxer and he chased Dana around for literally months asking for that fight and Dana gave it to him and it, it went just about how everybody thought it would go I think so yes you know. yes yeah no those are great times man uh, thank you for that Spencer uh, it was a uh, definitely a great honor. I don't know if it was a tear. I think it was a little sweaty. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was awesome. I was surprised. We were we was actually sat down and talked about it last night. Um, but, yeah, it, it was an amazing, amazing event. Great weekend. Walked away with a smile. Uh, felt good. So thank you for that. Yeah, like Frankie Absolutely. said. Sorry, go ahead, brother. No, go ahead. I was going to say, like Frankie said, we we sat down. And he, he's a great interviewer. Uh, but he's not a great interviewee because he doesn't like talking about himself. So you gotta sometimes you gotta pull shit out of him. But uh, we did sit down here last night and I uh, grilled him a little bit about the experience and about his career and uh, got out of him what I could. But he's a humble dude. Doesn't like talking about himself much. Doesn't like uh, accolades. Just likes letting his uh, his uh, fight performance do the do the talking for him. You know. So absolutely. Uh, there there was definitely a couple of times during those trilogies over the years and then I wanted to get up and lend him my wheelchair but luckily he didn't end up meeting him at any point so. I'm sure I could have used it jeez <laughs> yeah Spence actually you've been to you, you told me this past weekend how many fights did you say you've been to uh so Saturday's fight was my 94th 94th holy UFC fight shit 94 yes. out of 297 holy yeah. shit that's insane and yeah okay well, okay that's insane. So, Let's see what what, is this, so, what what are some memorable. I, I can't give you your most memorable. What are some memorable fights that you've been to? Well, I have to say uh, the first fight in Toronto UFC 129 when it became legal uh, in Ontario, and it was at the Rogers Center, aka the Sky Dome, home of the Blue Jays, uh, where it was headlined by GSP and Jake Shields, and that was also the same card uh, that Mark Hominick had that giant Haseem Rockman yeah, yeah. hematoma 
uh, for, uh, against um, Jose Aldo. Uh, so that sticks out in my mind. Plus, there was a lot of attractive women page side <laughs> that night. So I was at the right height, definitely. But uh, <laughs> another card that sticks out to me is a Vegas card from a number of years ago. It was the all-heavyweight card. Uh, which I think they've only done one time in the history of the UFC. Oh, wow. And I loved it because it was all finishes that night. So we got out of the arena and out of the press conference by like 9.15 Vegas oh, time. Wow. And I was like, this never happens. I can actually go and eat at a decent time. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> so those are two that stick out to me other than the trilogy with you and Gray, but that doesn't count because I've given you way too many compliments in the first five <laughs> minutes anyway. Well, what was the main event of that heavyweight card? Uh, if uh, you could recall. I cannot remember, but I know that Roy Nelson was either the co-main co or main okay. event of okay. that card. Roy Nelson, cool. he's a sleeper. That's the, that's the thing about the heavyweights. You know, they might lack speed and agility, but there's usually someone's going to sleep, and that's kind of makes bro. up for it. You see, I just seen a video of Sarah Gon boxing yeah, yep, true. some uh, heavyweight champion fighter, or, or at least an Olympian or something like that. And, dude, he was kind of giving it to him, man. are exceptions and, to the rule. And, like and he Gone, looked yeah. good, man. He looked good. I honestly, and I, said, and I said this to Frankie when we got together over the weekend, I said, uh, I'm interested to see what Nganu does against Joshua. I don't think he's going to win, but I do believe that he's going to hold his own and look way better than people are giving him credit for because if he landed a couple more combinations against Tyson Fury, who's to say how that would have gone because there was a lot of gray area there at the end. Yeah, you so know, I'm a lot of... A lot yeah, you're right. You're 100 percent right. A lot of people think, you know, you, some people say uh, uh, Ngannou won, may have won that one. I don't know. It was very close, very close, you know. But he did put down Tyson, and I think if he does be, beat Anthony Joshua, no one's going to be as surprised as they were with that, that Tyson Fury fight. Because now people are going to anticipate a little bit. Yeah, and the and the other thing on that same level, uh, the Saturday night main event between uh, Strickland. And DDP, I was surprised personally uh, that they didn't give it unanimously to DDP. I know you have to take the belt a lot of the time from the champion, uh, but I believe that DDP did enough to win that unanimously. That's my own opinion. Obviously, the scoring was all over the place that night, uh, but uh, I, I was uh, I was interested to see how the fight would go. Um, and for a night of fights that wasn't necessarily the best, I felt like it was a good main event at least. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, even the girls, they brought it They brought it to the best they can. They were looking for finishes. Um, I just think there wasn't many finishes on, on, on the main card. I think only one, right? Only one, yeah. one finish. And then, and, and, then, and then whoever fought uh, in the fight right before the co-main, that was one of the sleepiest fights I've seen in like 15 years. Mm, who was that? Oh, that was uh, uh, was that the Woodson guy? Woodson and Jordan? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. The one yes. that got confused. Yeah, they got confused. Right? The they called the wrong winner yeah. at first. I think. Yes, I would have got confused because I would have fallen asleep. So I understand. <laughs> yeah. What do you think, in your opinion, since since you said your opinion is DDP won Duplessis, um, what 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 set him apart for you? Was it the takedowns? The takedowns, I know I know that they've changed sort of the scoring a little bit in recent years uh, as opposed to focusing more on damage. Uh, um, but you cannot take away from the fact 
that he took Strickland down, I believe, all told four times in five rounds. I think three, so if yeah, he did, yeah, three times, three or four at least, yeah. Yeah, so if he did not do that heading into the last round, I could have seen it very, very close, but due to the takedowns, that's how I had him leading, and if Strickland didn't finish him, which he didn't, I would have given it to him unanimously. Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, watching it there, I did think Duplessis won. Uh, although I, did, I had Bilal and Rockhold behind me, and they kind of were like, seemed like they were against the Strickland, so they were like, oh, he got that, he lost that round. So that was influenced me a little bit. Um, I kind of like Strickland. I was pulling for him a little. Mm. But uh, but I do think that Duplessis was the guy pushing the fight. He was the guy bringing the fight, plus the takedowns. Now, I do think you need to, like, if you get a takedown, you need to either hold position, get a dominant position, or, like, score you know, good ground and pound for it to really count. If the guy gets right back up, I mean, it's it's definitely it's got to be somewhat all, offensive. You know, some control there. Yeah, yeah, but but, uh, but, but, but it's then, all but dependent th- also. It, it's dependent also on the referee as well. I mean, Mark Goddard is uh, a really good referee, and I have a lot of respect for Mark Goddard. So he, he like he's one of those guys that I would trust in that situation more than other people that shall remain nameless, but. Uh, you know this better than anybody, Frankie. Uh, going back to the gray fights, if you didn't have the refs that you did at the time, uh, you know, especially in those first two, they could have very easily stopped it without you having an opportunity to have your comeback. It's just a matter of their discretion and their judgment. And luckily, uh, you know, that that didn't happen to you, but it happens a lot of the time where there's quick stoppages. Yeah, no, I, yeah for sure. I don't think that, yeah. that that had really too much of a uh, an impact on the on the main event. Um, the referee, at least, there wasn't any really situations for him to step in. They kind of kept the fight moving. Um, but then when you look at CompuStrike or whatever they call it now, uh, like Strickland outstruck him he every round. It's like yeah. you know, watching it in the arena, <sighs> he looked like he was he, he was the one. Dictating the fight, it was it was really duplicitous. But he landed more. Did a ton of he just landed so much more, and his yeah. face was chipped up. Yeah. And it looks like that uh, that cut ended up being a headbutt, headbutt. accidental. Headbutt. On the way out, yeah, he went for a yes. shot, and yeah, and on the way he came up, up. yeah, yeah, caught him. Mm-hmm. and it was a bad yeah, the, the, spot the, for the yeah. cut. The interesting, the interesting thing is, is that we are not more than just over uh, two days removed from that fight as we re- record. The, or three days removed as we record this right now, and the trash talk has already started once again on Twitter or X or whatever you call it this week, um, and and so I find that interesting for sure. Yeah, oh yeah, that's great. You know, Strickland's always good for that stuff, and uh, I, mean, I don't know if he's trash talking, but he's you know trying to just make his case for a rematch. He's saying, yo, the only reason you you got a round off of me is because of the headbutt, this and that. Um, I I don't see what DDP saying. But uh, I didn't I see know, that. Dana, Dana's, Dana's, Dana said he thought Strickland won, but he yeah. said he's not going to do a rematch. He also said, I'm one of those guys that believes you have to take it from the champion, and I don't feel like Duplessis took it yeah. from Strickland. But I didn't see that. I didn't see these guys trash talking at all. Um, I don't know if it's trash talking but call, but I did know. see him the next day. He was like up on a ladder putting in an air conditioning unit with his face all by the dude's a madman. Oh, Strickland? Strickland. Yeah. He's, he's like up on well. a 15 foot ladder. He's like, I don't know, man. I'm, 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 you know, I'm out here working on my house. I got to put this AC unit in because I'm a cheap bastard. He's like, but I'm at the top of the ladder now, and I still got to go up. Do I just go up, guys, or do I <laughs> do I get a bigger ladder? So it was great. The dude's a maniac. So. Yeah. But I love him. Yeah. 
The one thing I will say also, too, is uh, that was the first time on Saturday in a long time that I, that I was at a fight, actually, 10 years, um, because I was friends with Lorenzo and Frank, and then when the company sold, um, I never really had an opportunity to go to many fights since then, uh, so it was my first time back in 10 years, like I said, oh, wow. and because it was so late, uh, um, I got home at like quarter to four in the morning after the press conference, so... On Sunday, I was feeling every bit of my 40-something handicapped ass <laughs> than I have in a long, long time. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it to you, man. Those late nights, and uh, it's a lot of energy. Even like, you know, when you're not, I mean, obviously when you're fighting, but even when you're just in the stands, like the energy in that building, man, that's uh, that can be a lot. Yep. could be a lot. You must have found it entertaining, as I did, Frankie, to hear the... Fuck Justin Trudeau, chance. Yeah, I was gonna say so. Strickland, he's he obviously can be a little brash, right? But he he's kind of for the people, especially here in America. The the Canadians seem to really get behind him, man. They really, uh, you know, he was he was uh, talking a little smack up there, and they they seem to they uh, seem to like him a lot. Frankie and I were talking about it too. Uh, our favorite shirt of the whole weekend was my pronouns are Sean Strickland. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, great. That's, that is fucking great. Yeah, he is a he is a character man. <laughs> and, uh, he's leaning into it too. Like I think he knows yes. he knows what he got. Yeah. And uh, antihero, right? Yeah, like yeah. he's like fucking Mad Max, yep. right? You yeah. know what I mean? Daredevil. Yeah. He's always yeah. He's wearing the yeah or like the Punisher. You know what I mean? Yeah, Something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. He's the yeah. antihero. Yeah. He's great. Absolutely. So hey, Spencer. Now I know you've done a bunch of motivational speaking. Um, tell us a little bit about that. How'd you get into that? I uh, in 1990, I was picked by the prime minister um, to represent the country, representing people with disabilities. Uh, so I was the ambassador for Canada, representing people with disabilities. And so I've I've spoken at the White House seven times, Buckingham Palace four times. I worked with Michael Jackson and Prince and so many other musicians over the years and doing different motivational things and introducing them on stage at the beginning of shows and that's how that started that's awesome that's crazy For you, the, the buckingham palace the white house and parliament canadian parliament that's pretty that's pretty impressive I know I'm pretty impressive. <laughs> and the, uh, and the, I got a little nervous when you brought up Michael Jackson, though. I'm gonna be honest. Can't make me a little what? nervous. Shut How up. old were you? <laughs> uh, shut up. I was older than Macaulay Culkin. That's all, right, all you all need right. to know about that. All right. uh, um, but uh, at the end of the day, you know, and and we've we've all talked about this in varying degrees. People see my wheelchair and they judge me for my wheelchair, even in 2024. But my wheelchair does not define and has never defined who I am. It just is a device that so happens to help me get from point A to point B. And so uh, I've said fuck you to everybody who has not uh, believed that a person in a wheelchair can achieve these great goals and gone ahead and achieved them for myself. So uh, that's absolutely that's Amen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mind's no, a powerful thing. Yeah, you should. Have, you have a lot to be a prou proud about. Um, also, now, what's the, uh, it was like the 24, right? The 24 spinoff you're on with... Uh, I, I'm, on a I'm on a show called Designated Survivor. Yeah, yes. Designated Survivor, yes. yeah. With yeah. Kiefer Sutherland, yes. right? Yeah. 
yeah it's on it's it's on netflix you should check it out plus i'm doing some other projects as well that are very exciting uh can't talk about a couple of them but one that i can talk about right now is a comedy drama that's coming up called clutch where i play a sports agent kind of like jerry Maguire. Uh, so, show me the uh, money. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. Except I'm going to tell people to show me a flight of stairs. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it, it should be fun, and and hopefully people will really resonate with it. That's great. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. You you enjoy doing acting? I do. Yeah, I do. It's a lot of fun because you get to stretch yourself and play different versions of yourself. I, I like it because. Sometimes I can find it very therapeutic in terms of the fact that if I'm stressed out from somebody or a group of people or something that's happening in my life, I can put it into my character on set for the day, and and that's amazing. Uh, So anytime that I get to be a part of a television show, a movie, a commercial, or anything like that, it's, it's enjoyable because not only do I believe in the projects and I'm grateful to have a job, but I believe that I bring something special to the cast and the crew too. Very cool. How do you do with the? How do you deal with the nerves? I mean, motivational speaking is not an easy thing to do. Obviously, you're up in front of a crowd, sometimes hundreds, maybe thousands of people. Uh, what, what do you find the most challenging? Is it the acting? I mean, you have your own podcast. Um, you know, you do you do the motivational speaking. Uh, what, what do you find for for you, Spencer? That's that challenges you the most. Well, you know, the only thing that is really challenging is not to be complacent. And what I mean by that is, you know, when you've been doing it as long as I've been fortunate enough to be doing it and work with the people that I've worked with, you can get bored and and you may fall out of love with it. Mm -hmm. And I always tell people, if you start falling out of love with your job or with whatever it is that you're doing, stop doing it. Mm -hmm. And um, for me, still to this day, whether it is the motivational speaking, the podcasting, or the acting, uh, you know, before I do a big interview or, or, or before I get out in front of a big crowd or before I go and do some takes, my heart is still going 350 miles an hour of nervousness because that's a natural reaction. That means you're doing something right. If that stops, then again, it's a it's a signal to get out of it. Uh, but as soon as they say action or as soon as they say, uh, you know, and coming to the stage now is Spencer Miller, a switch goes off in my head and I'm like, all right, time to do my job. And then I do it and then uh, that's it. Yeah. It's awesome. If you're not growing, you're dying. That's right. Correct. Yeah. Which is ironic because I can't really grow while I'm sitting down, but that's a whole <laughs> other thing entirely. Um, and and you know, it's it's funny because uh, even when I go out and have lunch with a good friend like Frankie or or you, Roger, next time I'm down there or whatever, it, it's interesting to me still that people look at Frankie or at whoever I'm with and they're like oh aren't you being nice to the handicapped guy little do they know that we've been friends for however long we've been friends and it's not because I'm in a wheelchair it's because we vibe on the same level and and we believe 
a lot of the same and things, and we make each other laugh. You're also eye that. level with Frankie because he's pretty short. So <laughs> that well, that's correct. Normally, I like when I'm eye level with women for other yeah. reasons, but that's all other conversation. No, you're right, though, man. Uh, you know, uh, people that look at that, man, um, they're just short sighted, and uh, they need to see the world and, and meet more people in it. That's what mm -hmm. I think. You know. Uh, yeah. Once people, you know, there's no difference in us. There's not no difference in, between me and you. You know, we just get around different ways. That's, That's about right. it. That's right. Exactly correct. And full disclosure, after Roger hung up on me and I called him out on it, and then he called me back, and we had our conversation. I said to him within the first, I think, three minutes. I said, "Hey, um, are you and your ex-wife?" on uh you know civil terms now and he goes yeah and i go so you guys are are decently you know friendly with each other now and he goes yeah he goes why i go because uh when i'm on the podcast i'm gonna say something and i want to make sure that you were good with it still and he said okay and so what i was gonna say is i'm pretty sure if I spent five minutes alone with his ex-wife, she could make me walk in no time. <laughs> <laughs> she made Roger run. <laughs> For me, she was like that that lady from Misery that smashed <laughs> your legs. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm kidding. We're, the, uh... we're cordial. We're cool. We're, we co-parent well, so yeah, it's all good. Yeah. And and, and yes. hey, my man, you want to know? I'll text you her number. You you shoot your shot. <laughs> shoot your shot. She's dating no, a young buck wanna, now, so I don't want to end up having her chase me with a golf club, <laughs> circa Elon and Tiger Woods. Oh yeah, like no, shoot, shoot your shot. She'd love you. Yeah. Um, you brought up some. Sure. I just want to circle back for a minute. You brought up something. Uh, you know, uh, you made a good point before with uh, with referees in there, right? And and Frankie um, being allowed to continue with the with the Gray Maynard fight. Um, especially the one where he was so badly rocked. I mean, he was really kind of out on his feet, and he came back and he ended up winning that fight. It was huge. But we've, uh, you, you, you know, I think it would be fair to say that, that you had a ref in there that let you do your thing, right? But you also feel like you've had some fights where they did step in too early. And I remember mm -hmm. you saying, I don't remember his name, but he's a little ref. Get the is neck they, tattoos. Is, is, you is, said is that's they, like your favorite ref yeah. because he doesn't get involved, um, and I thought that was a great geez, point. Okay. I was like Keith, Keith Peterson. Yes, Keith Peterson. I was like, what do yeah. you mean by that? And he's like, a ref should not get involved unless he absolutely has to, and that's yeah. that was a great the point. The best and ref you don't notice. That's you don't the even know the best. Right. That's the best. Ref. Yeah, that's why everybody hated Steve Mazzagatti back in the day. <laughs> right, yeah. right. I mean, I, yeah, as a fighter, as a fighter, I want to say that the best ref is a ref that you don't know is there, but. As you know, a health person looking out for right. people's health, probably the best referee is that someone's looking out for the best interests of the fighters. You know. Yep. So, are you saying? Let me, let me ask you this then, Frankie. Are you saying that even though we were happy that he gave you that leash, so to speak, to come back and win those fights, are you saying in retrospect that he he probably should have stopped it because no. you got rocked as much as you did? No, no, he made the right move. I, I walked out of there. I was okay. Uh, I, I for me, like personally, for me, I want I want to die. In my, I want to die in there. Yeah, that, that's shield. that's what I want to do. I don't want. You never stopped moving. Yeah. I mean, it was it was clear. Yeah. I think to yeah. to people that you were like Rock, almost yeah, out yeah. on your feet, but you never stopped moving. Right. Remember that back roll you yeah, did? I was I was felt like I, I was even throwing back yeah. too in, in between. You never stopped moving. Yeah. And I think that, that that's he, the thing. If you, as long as you're protecting yourself and you're fighting you're back, staying alive. Yeah. You, you, you you know give the guy the benefit of the doubt. Yep. That's how I feel. Yep. yep. 
agree. You know who I miss, by the way, as a side note? I miss Stitch. I, oh, I love when man. Stitch was Stitch there, yeah. Didn't yeah. didn't was yeah. there a little controversy? Didn't he feel like he got done dirty? Yes. Yeah. He did he he was up for a contract renewal or something. Something, yeah. They yeah. didn't want him to use his his uh, he had his own uh, uh raps. He had his own raps. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. Uh, I'm about him using those raps or something, something along those lines. Yeah. He went over to bare knuckle, didn't he? Uh, no, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Bellator, I maybe. I don't know. I mean, he's he just he he does all the boxers. Yeah. He does Tyson Fury. I yeah. mean, he does all of them. Yeah, yeah. He's he's legendary in the business for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah, and you know who else is legendary that we both saw at the fight on Saturday that is universally loved throughout all of combat sports is. Arguably the Bob Barker of combat sports. And, of course, I'm talking about the one and only Mark Ratner. That oh, guy yeah. that guy has been in the fight game since the early days of Tyson and, and all the big fights and the ear-biting fight and the flying man into the ring and all the rest of this stuff. This guy, I believe, is about to turn 78 years old. And he's not stopping anytime soon. This guy just loves his job. Yeah, no, he is, man. He uh, he had a he helped you know get get pushed uh, the UFC get passed in New York, you know, because he was the head of the commission in Vegas for for years for years. So yeah, he uh, once he once he joined the UFC, he did a lot of good things for them. He's just a man. He's been around so long. He's a legend. He's a legend. Yeah, and I love the fact that he's rocking the old school tweed hats. And everything like that, and, you know, not a lot of people can rock him, but he's doing a pretty yeah, good job at seventy-eight years old. He's yeah. a throwback for sure. Yeah. I can't. I still can't get over ninety-four uh, UFC events. That's absolutely insane. I think I've been to ten, maybe, and I thought that was a good number. It pales in comparison to your stats. But I got to ask you uh, if you want to if you want to take Frankie out of this equation, you can because he's sitting in front of you. But do you have a favorite UFC fighter? I'll 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 do a lead in here. Frankie's obviously mine, but followed very closely by Dan Henderson. Uh, no, uh, no, um, because I made so many great relationships and so many great connections mm -hmm. over the years. I hold a select group in the same uh, level, and Frankie's in that along with George St. Pierre and a yeah. few others. Um, and uh, <laughs> one of my favorite stories is, uh, I forget what fight it was. Uh, maybe you can think of the number, Frankie, but it was one of the fights that Frankie was doing. And uh, we were in Vegas, and Clay Guido was on the card as well. And Clay is a maniac. We all know this. He's the Tasmanian devil for a reason. But it, but he has a heart of gold. And it was the first time that he had ever met me uh, at the at backstage at the weigh-ins. And I'm sitting there and I'm talking to Dana. And Dana introduces me to Clay Guida and whatever things. And, and I go about my business. And they're all sitting in a row waiting to line up to go out for the weigh-ins. Um, and... Uh, Clay Guida, unbeknownst to me, starts going around to everybody that's sitting waiting to start the weigh-ins and goes, you want to sign the, this shirt uh, for my buddy in the wheelchair down there? And so he, he's going around chair by chair doing this, and he gets to Frankie and he goes, uh, you mind signing this uh, for the dude in the wheelchair down there? And he points to me and Frankie goes, 
you mean Spencer? And he goes, oh, you know him? And he's like, everybody knows Spence. He's friends with the Fertitas. And he's like, oh, crap, my bad. <laughs> and then he came and apologized to me because he never met me before. It was pretty funny. He plays a good dude. Yes. He's always like that. Always trying to hook people up, man. He's awesome. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, one of the other funny uh, stories that I can share with you is um, I, I'm sure, Frankie, you remember Stephen Quinn. You know who Stephen Quinn is? Yes. Yeah. He's another gentleman in a wheelchair, too. Not sure what he has, but he's been, been in a wheelchair his whole life. He's usually at a lot of the UFCs. He is, right? He's at, he's at a bunch of them. Uh, yes. And uh, so at one point he kept being like, Spence, we got to race. Spence, we got to race. And I'm like, I'm not fucking racing you, dude. <laughs> and the, uh, finally, at a fight in Toronto, he is at the hotel and I'm at the hotel and I'm having breakfast with a couple people. And he's like, Spence, we need to race. And I'm like, fine, fuck it. We're in my hometown. I'm going to do it. So uh, we go to one end of the lobby of the hotel and we race. And needless to say... It was like Fast and the Furious cripple style. I smoked his ass right off the <laughs> line, and he never bothered me again. It was great. You got oh, nitrous on that shit. thing? <laughs> yes. Go, go, gadget cripple. Hey, that might be a new thing, man. They got they got some new sport. They got the power slap out now. Maybe we maybe you got a new sport there. You there know? you go. Throw some combat yeah. in there. Maybe hit each other. And <laughs> the first ever legit handicap match in <laughs> UFC history. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, the the, the stand-up game would not be great, but the ground and pound would be awesome. Perfect. There you go. There you go. Yeah. So, Spence, what do you what do you got? Anything coming up? Uh, any other uh, gigs like motivational speeches coming up? You have. Uh, I know you, I, um, you can't really speak on some of the some of the projects you have. I, I think in, in the acting business, but anything you can tell us about? Well, I'm I'm always busy and. And whatnot. So I'm going to be doing a few, um, a few combined tag team motivational uh, seminars uh, with a good friend of mine by the name of David Hooker, who is another international motivational speaker. Uh, so I'm going to be doing that, uh, and then uh, going to WrestleMania 40 um, in the beginning of April, oh, well, uh, right that? near right near you guys in Philadelphia oh, nice. at Lincoln at Lincoln Financial Field. And then uh, a week later, I'm going to Vegas on April 13th for UFC 300. Nice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a stack card. Oh, yeah. Are there still well, fights to be announced on that? I don't think so. I, I mean, they might surprise us or yeah. something. The, well, well, I think, did they announce the main event? Is it Bilal versus Leon? It might be. I think so. I know that uh, during the press conference... Dana said that Tuesday today was the fighter meeting or or the meeting to discuss UFC 300 and what's left on the card. Mm. I don't know if anything came out this afternoon, but as of Saturday, they had not announced the main event yet. They just announced earlier last week the BMF belt is once again stupidly up for grabs between Gaethje and Holloway. Listen, it it was cool to do it for one novelty fight with Masvidal and everything like that, especially with the way that he originally won the belt. But then after that, 
what the hell is the point? I get it, but I, I just like the fact you're going to see Geishi and Holloway fight mm. five rounds. Yep. I mean, that's just a monster of a fight. Yep. just wonder if Geishi's a little too big, but we'll see. Let me ask you this, Frankie. Out of, out of your lengthy career and everything that you did, because you had a very lengthy career, luckily, is there an opponent that you wanted to face that you never got a chance to face or a dream opponent that because he never was able to make it into the UFC from whatever other promotion he was in uh, that you couldn't get done? Not not really. I, you know, I fought everybody. And I, my thing was, like, I never really cared about who was who. I always wanted to fight the best because I wanted to fight for the title. Um, but I guess at the end... I think we could have got matched up. Um, it, it never happened. I think just because he was hurt or scheduling or whatever it may be. But uh, Dominic Cruz, I think we're kind of both the tail end of our career at the same time. We're both champions of the UFC at the tam same time. When I was a 55-pound champ, he was a 35-pound champ. I thought that could have been a cool little history. But never happened. Can I can I butt in there for a second? The fight that I wish had happened. And it was definitely it was definitely talked about for a bit. But I could be sitting on Frankie's fucking yacht right now instead of doing fucking podcasting. <laughs> Conor McGregor, man. I wanted that yeah, to happen yeah, so bad. And, and all of Frankie's friends, I can speak for a bunch of them because I heard it. I was one of them. We were like, bro, just start talking smack. Start talking shit. Start being, you know. And he's, you know, fucking humble. Frankie's like, what, what am I going to do? Am I going to change who I've always been so that I, you know, become a Conor and talk shit no, like no. him to get that fight? But it, got, no, it was, but it was definitely talked about. But if it was signed on the dotted line, he has a weapon, Frankie does, that not a lot of people do. And as soon as that got signed on the dotted line, he very easily could have picked up the phone and said, Hey, Spence, I'm going to fight McGregor, and I want you to be at my press conferences so you can shit-talk the fuck out of him. Because <laughs> you know yeah. that I would shit-talk <laughs> yeah. the fuck out of anybody, yeah. and so I, I I would have no problem doing that. That's the one I would have liked to seen happen because that is life changing money, and I would you know nobody could, nobody deserved it more than than Frankie in my opinion. And uh, like I said, we could be I could be sitting on his yacht right now. We could be we could be in the Caribbean right now. Give my little banana banana boy. Was it? Cabana boy. Cabana, not banana. Cabana boy. <laughs> What's on your yeah. mind? On your mind, <laughs> banana boy. <laughs> yes, that's a whole other show. After that's a whole other show. <laughs> yes. So, um, so okay. Uh, then I'm gonna throw this out to you. I know um, that you are working on your school right now, and Roger, you're doing a bunch of different things as well. Always have your hand in a few different things, but as we sit here, relatively still. At the beginning of 2024, what do both of you want to accomplish over the next 11 and a half months so that you can look back at this time next year at the beginning of 2025 and say, fuck, I set out to do that last year and I achieved it. Mm. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what you've been reading about me. You said, you know, I got my hands in a whole bunch of things. I'm, I'm pretty, uh, I, I don't have my hands in as much as Frankie does. I'm, uh, living a pretty simplistic life. The TV days are over for me at this point. Um, although Frankie and I did just get, he had a pretty significant role. We were in a movie called the bastard sons. It's out now on uh, iTunes and on Amazon. You guys can check that out. Uh, that was a cool experience for me. It was just kind of something that came to us that we didn't, pursue but it was a great experience um so that was awesome but uh, honestly you said in the next 11 months i listen my kids are seven and nine now 
and you only get so much. Jordan Peterson has a great quote about it that I don't want to mess up, but you only get so much time with your kids that, that they appreciate you um, and they want to be with you and they want to spend time with you. And, and I'm right in that moment right now, and I just really, truly want to want to spend time with my kids and, and make memories. That's, that's, that's my focus for the next 11 months. That's my focus for the next 18 years, but, you know. Yeah, I'm trying to get up to, like, about 185 pounds, jacked, <laughs> maybe maybe grow a couple inches. That's my goal for the next 11 and a half months. That was a, that was a much better answer than mine. <laughs> I'll, I'll, just, I'll just get you some platform shoes, Frank. <laughs> yeah, I can use them. I can use them. No, honestly, yeah. I, I want to. I want to sign up a, a boatload of students. I want to, you know, build a, a good culture, a good atmosphere in my 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 school. Um, start building the next generation. You know, kind of. I want to make uh, uh, my motto for my kids is going to be nobody's bitch at my gym. That's kind of what we're going for. Mm. You know, it might be that might be the creed at Iron Army Academy. We're nobody's bitch. That's what I'm going for. <laughs> Except <know>? for Spence. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's fantastic, and I have no doubt that it's going to be great. And you're absolutely right, Roger. When you're in that scenario with your kids, you got to take advantage of it as best you can, especially because you never know what's coming around the corner. So that's always a good philosophy to have. Um, and so, uh, is there anything else that you guys want to throw out at me before we wrap this motherfucker up? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean let's that let's just throw that question back at you. I mean, you're always like you said, you always got your hands on a bunch of stuff. But is there anything you want to do in the next eleven and a half months that you maybe have never done before, you never embarked on before, or you never even thought about doing before? Is there anything that is striking you to, to you know just piquing your interest or anything? Like Don't that? say go to Epstein Island. I know you already brought up the, the Michael Jackson thing, but uh, listen, keep it, keep it, keep it clean here. Uh, I was going to say jogging. Uh, but uh, Stephen Hawking uh, but, beat you there, by the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, of course he did that friggin' theory of relativity bastard. Uh, um, but um, no, you know, just keep uh, impacting people and making a difference with whatever it is that I'm doing, whether it's the motivational speaking or the podcasting or the acting. Because like I said earlier, whether it's me, whether it's Frankie, whether it's Roger, uh, whether it's Renee, whether it's good old Jerry Nappy, or any number of people, uh, we are all here to do the best that we can and put our best foot forward, or in my case, treadmark forward that we can to, to, to make a difference. And unfortunately, with the way that society has gone in the last couple of years especially, uh, I think we've lost sight of that uh, in a lot of respects. So I feel like we need to get back to that and get back to the roots of that. And sometimes it's easier said than done, but that's what I'm aiming to continue to do for the next 11 months to a year for sure. Amen, brother. Amen. Love it. Spencer, you're the man, bro. Thanks for coming on. We'll have to revisit this again. And uh, I hope to catch you at a, at a, a UFC in the near future, my man. Yeah, man, that's pretty. That's so incredible to me. So you got 90, 95 coming up then for UFC 300. That's correct. Next time we're at a UFC together, Frankie, I'll do you a favor and bring you over a booster seat. Look like you were struggling a little <laughs> bit there to stand up and wave your hand there. Yeah. Okay. Hey, um, fair enough. Got to end enough. on that note right there. That you, 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 that's a perfect send off. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me, guys, and I you look forward it, to coming on again soon for sure. Absolutely. Appreciate all you, the best, bro. Thank Be you. good. Thank you, brother. Best of luck on all right, your see endeavors. You guys. All right, see you guys. Be good, dude. Good stuff.
Good stuff. That was awesome. That was very well done. Thank you for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Absolutely, brother. Yeah, so much. Thank you so much for your time. Sorry about that hiccup earlier on. We had some background noise. We couldn't figure out where it was coming from. So sorry we took you so long to get you in the room, but uh, we got you on. And I don't know. And I don't know if this happened to you guys, but you guys have been frozen on my end yeah. for like a good 30 minutes, I would yeah. say. Yeah. Or, yeah. Oh, really? I know. I'm just, they were just staying really still. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I, like, it's it's completely frozen, and I don't know what happened because it was fine, and then it just stopped. That's probably that Trudeau Wi-Fi. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Trudeau. <laughs> Fuck you guys <laughs> and fuck Trudeau. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, man, let's connect soon. And Frankie, thank you for setting this up, and oh, hopefully I can. Uh, thanks, thank you for uh, coming on, man. That was awesome. Absolutely, man. Thank you, and, and and please uh, give Renee a hug for me and tell the kids hello. And Absolutely, same with you, man. Roger. And yes, and uh, and uh, yeah, we'll talk soon. All right, brother. Be good, bro. Guys, just a reminder, don't forget to find and follow us on YouTube, Rumble, Instagram, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and most other podcast platforms.